Welcome to Locked on Heat. On today's show, we dig into some theories behind Duncan Robinson's shooting slump and how the Heat can help him snap out of it. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's a Wednesday edition of Locked On Heat, your daily podcast covering all things Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Ramil. However you may be listening on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Uh, David, we're recording this a day after Duncan Robinson went one for nine on threes against the Nuggets. And while he's not the sole reason the Heat lost that game, he certainly was not helping them keep pace with a Nuggets team that was shooting better than 50% from beyond the arc. Uh, and and the shooting slump for Duncan Robinson continues. There was a moment there where it looked like he might have been snapping out of it a couple of weeks ago in right. wins against Utah and Oklahoma City, but he's been right back to those, those, those sub-40% shooting ways. Uh, and it kind of, again, crested last night with that one-for-nine performance and a, just a dreadful offensive performance by the team in general on a night without Jimmy Butler, without Tyler Hero. So we're back now to the questions of what's going on with Duncan Robinson. We've got some questions that we can ask of all of this. we got some theories that we'll get to here in a minute. But first, I figured we could hear from Kyle Lowry. This is uh, Lowry after the game when asked about Duncan Robinson's shooting slump. Dunk is a heck of a shooter, right? And we all understood that what he is and what he was doing and how he could get the ball off and how many shots he can make. Um, but I think just right now, just got to keep, you know, not, not necessarily say feeding him and keep pushing him to keep going, but, you know, we got to find more opportunities for him to get more standstill threes and um, threes where, you know, he hasn't, he, you know, defenders are not as close you know, to him. Um, you know, maybe we kind of just let him play decoy for a little bit and give him some shots to, to you know, the easier ones. Um, you know, <clears throat> a lot of our offense is, you know, you know, him moving and getting open and getting handoffs from Bam and getting the shots off. And, you know, who knows, we may need to just, hey, single side tag. If someone helps you, you knock it down, you know. Who knows? I mean, that's not my decision. That's just thoughts. So Kyle Lowry's got some thoughts, David. Do you think it's as, it's as simple as, hey, Miami, just stop with all the Duncan Robinson stuff. Just try to get him easier looks from a standstill position from the corners, things like that? It could be. I mean, I think Lowry would certainly be one to know exactly what he's talking about. It, it all, I'm like, maybe I don't want to read too much into it, but it also kind of seemed like Lowry was maybe questioning Eric Spolster a little bit and the way he runs the yeah. offense. Like, I don't want to say that there's any kind of necessary dissension there, but it didn't seem like he was in total agreement with the way Duncan's being utilized and that he's voicing it publicly through a media post-game presser seems a little bit like an odd choice considering he's a new player and you know, Eric Spolster has worked with Duncan as, as closely and as for as long as he has. So I, I don't know. Uh, uh, not- I mean, a couple of things there that you, I mean, I agree with you. I, that struck me as really interesting. Kyle Lowry just basically saying, Hey, maybe we should do all of this stuff. No. Yeah. Not instead my decision. Of any of the other stuff that we were doing, but I just, it's a, it's a bit from, 
it's a bit from like curb your enthusiasm where you can say whatever you want to. You can insult the hell out of a person. He says, but at the end of the day or something, I forget exactly what the quote was, but it, right. a different line he could throw in there. It's like, oh, but <laughs> having said all that, it's like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's what like it my, is. Having said, that's like my, my grandma. She'll say, bless, bless his heart. And then just after <laughs> that can say anything, but bless his heart, bless his heart. Um, Listen, uh, I, I do think uh, – I'm okay with Lowry doing that. That's a veteran point guard playing the point guard role. The point guard should have thoughts, right? And I'm glad he talked about it. I, I And it did kind of feel like to me that it was something he'd been thinking about. Like I don't think he just came that's up sure. with that. No, um, absolutely But that's, that's exactly why you sign Kyle Lowry so that he does have thoughts. And Eric Spolstra has been known to just go into the huddle and be like, what do you think we should do, right? At, since the big three days to now. I mean, that's something he does. I don't have, I, it's not dissension. I agree with you. I just think it's, it's, they, they got to try to do, to, do, uh, to do something to help Duncan Robinson snap out of it. And we've got some other theories that we'll get to later in the show, but that to me is, is the number one thing I'm looking at. The thing about the, that specific, uh, I guess, theory from, from Lowry is that it's not as if, Duncan Robinson has been crushing it on those easy looks. I mean, he's shooting 37% right. from the corners, which is about the same as what he's been doing for most of his career. Actually, it's been a, a bit of a higher volume this season uh, from the corners. So the corner is the easiest three-point shot in the game. They actually have been getting him more of those easier looks. And then just those raw catch-and-shoot attempts. Uh, he's shooting 31% on 7.2 catch-and-shoot attempts per game. Again, that's a, a career high for him. You But the percentage... Is just been awful. I mean, you go back to last year, 6.4 three-point attempts on catch-and-shoot attempts per game. He was shooting nearly 42% on those looks. The year before that, 46% on those looks. Again, this year, 31% on those looks. Right. I mean, even when he is getting the easier shots, he's not making them. So something that Lowry mentioned, too, is that he kind of hedged himself a little bit after he said it. He didn't like the way that Duncan was being force-fed the ball. Uh is there something to that you think? Like maybe they're trying too hard to get him those kind of looks and kind of changing their offense around as, uh, as opposed to maybe getting those open looks organically and having others create pressure. You know, I think it kind of is like this, this not necessarily symbiotic relationship, but it kind of plays off one another. If you get Duncan wide open looks, it makes everybody else's job easier. But if you get everybody else going earlier, then it makes open looks for Duncan that much more easy. And I think that's kind of what Kyle was hinting at. Maybe stop trying to get Duncan yeah. going early on and try to get other people involved in their offense. And then maybe you can kind of, again, like he said, work use Duncan as sort of a decoy. Do you think there might be something to that? I guess. I mean, only because flow is a real thing and, and bad shooting is contagious, as we saw last night in that Nuggets game. And yeah. uh, maybe if you're not forcing Duncan into stuff, like the game could come to him a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, he is averaging a career high in, in three-point attempts over nine a game right now. So Third highest maybe, in the league, right? Yeah, Third highest. You could afford to bring that down uh, one or two attempts per game and not – and maybe that's it. But And I think maybe Kyle Lowry and, and maybe other players on that team, just speculating here – might be frustrated with why do we keep trying to get this guy going when he's obviously <laughs> yes. not going? Let's just try to do something else and, and win some games. Not that right. the Heat are not are, aren't winning games, and they have a, a perfectly good excuse to lose last night without Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. Right. And again, Duncan Robinson is not the reason they lost that game. But uh, the the big you know story to the beginning of the Heat season is that Duncan Robinson is in the shooting slump, and you could just feel this team. I'm telling you, I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again, David. This team is going to go on a run here as soon as Duncan Robinson breaks out of the shooting slump because you can just see it. Everything is going to click into place. Um, yep. That's a, that's something I want to talk about. We got some more questions about what could help Duncan Robinson 
uh, coming up next. But first, uh, David, tell them about Indeed. Yeah, well, there's always going to be a debate between LeBron and Michael Jordan. But when it comes to helping you hire all-star talent faster, the GOAT is Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people right now. I've used it. It's been so successful, so much easier to try and find the right people to work with. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills that you need through tools like instant match assessments and virtual interviews. Pick what skills are important to you from over 135 assessments and get a clear view of your top talents abilities faster with indeed assessments. You can reduce hiring time by 12% according to indeed data worldwide. Get started right now with a $75 credit, a sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked, get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked indeed.com slash locked offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. And you know what else you could use? Probably a, a good treat over the holidays because it's just, you know, everybody loves the holidays. They love the good food, the treats, plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but maybe you want something that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Bilt Bars because Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. No guilt. You know, there's so much stress already over the holiday for a lot of people. You don't need to stress about Bilt Bars. You just grab one on the way to work or, or at the gym or anywhere that you're headed to, shopping perhaps, and you get the kind of treat that you need. Indulge in something delicious. Replace the coconut cream pie with a new coconut Bilt Bar or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar. So many different options. Delicious flavors and new ones coming out just for the holiday. They're all soft, 100% covered in chocolate, easy to chew. It's such a great treat. So don't worry about grabbing anything for Black, uh, I'm sorry, Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Uh, off, go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off, but only if you go to built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure to check out that YouTube channel and subscribe. We are available on all podcast platforms. Um, let's get into some more of this Duncan Robinson stuff, David. Uh, yeah. Should you know, oh, go I ahead. was going to I was going to ask a quick question because you know how like for years Doc Rivers made sure that DeAndre Jordan was getting that early look, uh, the first touch, and uh, yeah. regardless of the way it played out, had to get Jordan going as a confidence booster. And we've heard so much about Duncan Robinson and the imposter syndrome, and then we've seen the offense play out so often over the last couple of years of. Making sure Duncan gets that first look. Make sure he knocks it down, sees it going through the hoop so he can start to build confidence. Well, guess what? He got paid $90 million. The confidence should be there at this point. He has to know that he's an NBA-level player, that there's no more. You can't. You don't have time or the luxury of having an imposter syndrome at this point. So maybe it kind of plays into a little bit of what Lowry was talking about. Like, try quit trying to get Duncan going early on. Quit trying to feed him the ball and the first few possessions to see it go through. And maybe that kind of alleviates some of the pressure. I've seen some shots from Duncan, and maybe you can chime in on this too. But when he doesn't have time to think about it, even if it's an incredible degree of difficulty, we've, we've known for the, the past couple of seasons, those are the types of shots that Robinson yeah. excels at. He knocks them down. Like when he has too much time on his hands, that's when he starts to like question his rhythm, whether he throws his shooting motion off a little bit. He doesn't want to th- have time to think about it. Just get into it. Do it when, you know, the, the shot clock is expiring. 
those are the shots that look easiest for him. Am I crazy here? Maybe they just need to, you know, like Kyle said, kind of just quit trying to go to Duncan yeah. early on and let him kind of ease his way into it. I, I don't disagree with that. I would say, but, you know, they got him a shot early in last night's game. He made it and then he missed the next eight, you know, yeah. and I, I don't. So maybe it's not. A, it does. I don't know. If it matters when you get him. If it's if it's early, it doesn't, maybe it doesn't matter if it's late. The only problem with it is that he's the only three point shooter in that starting lineup. Outside of sure. outside of PJ Tucker, I suppose, who really only <laughs> does it from the corners, right. um, I, and so I don't know that they can afford to just you know like is anybody going to respect the decoy if the decoy hasn't been used early in the game? It's not just getting Duncan Robinson early for the sake of Duncan Robinson. It's getting Duncan Robinson uh, re- getting going early for the sake of the entire offense, so they can have spacing, so that Jimmy and Bam can get to the basket, so that Kyle can get to the basket, just loosens things up. They need Duncan Robinson. I've said this before, and I wrote about this on the West Side today. He is the closest thing that the Heat have uh, to Steph Curry. And that means from a guy who could uh, shoot on the move, contested shots at a high volume. And those kind of players are so valuable in today's game. And the Heat just have one of them in that starting lineup, and it's him. If you don't get him going early, I don't know. I, maybe I, I think there's something of a balance there. There's probably something to what Kyle is saying, not forcing the vault in early, but... I think it should just be a matter of establishing flow, and I think that they could, the Heat could afford to do a, a few more of the the Bam Duncan Robinson handoff stuff, even though he hasn't been awesome on that. I got that stat too. I mean, Duncan Robinson this year on handoffs um, is shooting twenty nine point eight percent, whereas last year thirty eight point five percent. So you know, basically ten percent worse yeah. Um, yeah. than he was last year. Granted, it's a really small sample size two point four handoffs a game uh, shots off of handoffs a game. So it's not like you know, that variance, he can, he can make, you know, four of them in a row. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. he's, he's just as good as last year, right? Like, that that percentage can increase and decrease pretty easily. But um, all of that said, uh, the other option would be, you know, do you just bench Duncan Robinson, right? Because then you don't have to get him started early because he's not in the game. And, and maybe, right. you know, this is something that's been floated out there. It's something that you and I have talked about and just sort of smacked right out of the air every single time. But I thought, you know what? Let's 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 consider it one more time. Do you think that there's anything to benching Duncan Robinson because then you're really not forcing him early on the way that Kyle Lowry was talking about? Now, do you keep things consistent? Then do you keep Tyler, assuming he's healthy again, uh, consistently coming off the bench again, or is he the one that's inserted to the starting lineup, which is the move that a lot of people want to make? I've I seen also have to do that. I'd seen also, and I don't know how much you could count on this, the trade-off of kind of replacing Duncan with Max Struess, who brings you more or less the same yeah. skill set as Robinson. I, I don't know. I, I I don't think if you're looking at a player who's going through quite possibly some psychological issue in terms of whether or not he feels confident about his shot falling, the right move is to say, you know what, we're going to bench you. Like I, I know that you're trying to preserve wins, that you're trying to capitalize on a season, that you can't placate one player and sacrifice the rest of the team as a result. At the same time, that could be disastrous. You need Duncan Robinson at his best, and that's why we've heard so much positivity from Eric Spolster and the rest of that roster. Everybody's been so supportive of Duncan. Oh, he'll work his way through it. Even Struess, uh, you know, in last night's presser, he said, "Yo, he just got paid ninety million dollars. He's going to figure it out. He knows what to do." And I think that's what everybody believes. And at the same time, they have to say that publicly and support Duncan because they need him. And so they can't afford to just say, "You know what? You're not contributing." You're not helping out this roster. You're not helping out the starting lineup, and that's why we're going to re- relegate you to the bench, which is a demotion because 
his skill set fits the starting lineup so much. It's not like Tyler who can just come in and get his buckets whenever he, he's closing games. Duncan's accepted that role to, to the, I mean, as far as we know publicly, uh, we, we have not heard any kind of grumbling from Duncan in regards to having more of a closer's role. That's something that Tyler Hero seems best suited for. Duncan needs to be starting in order to be effective. And I think that's why you have to keep him in that starting lineup. Um, Duncan Robinson, um, the Heat with Duncan Robinson have been a plus 3.1 uh, points per game. So that's good uh, in that when when they're on, when Duncan Robinson is on the floor, they're shooting 34.3% from three-point range. You replace Duncan Robinson with Max Struess. The Heat with Max Struess on the floor without Duncan Robinson. The Heat are actually uh, plus 4.6 in Struess's minutes. They're shooting 37.7% from three-point range. So they, the plus-minus has been better with Struess. Three-point percentage has, as a team has been better with Struess. But that said, it's only about five minutes a game with Bam and Lowry, Struess right. is. And it's like right. less than two minutes a game with Jimmy Butler. He barely, so it's not, it, you know, you could pull out these stats and it really doesn't, it still doesn't say much to me. It's cherry do, picking. Yeah. It's cherry picking. I, and I, I don't think that's the way to go. I think if you bench Duncan Robinson, you have to start Tyler hero because if you start, if you start Shrews, then you've got Tyler hero looking around like, really, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then it's just, it's too much. And and I agree with you. That's shaking now. Duncan Robinson's, confidence in a way that I don't think you can afford to do or want to do. And like I said, like the heat have been fine as is when you go net rating point differential plus minus with Duncan Robinson, the, as a unit, they've been good with him. The spacing still works. You look at the way that teams react. Eric Spolster talked about this after the Nuggets game. Like they're still reacting to Duncan Robinson NBA players. They're not dumb. They don't like, Oh, he was what he was, you know, two for, 11 the other night. So he's right. no longer a good three point shooter. Like they're, right. they know that Duncan Robinson is due to break out uh, of this slump. They just don't want it to happen against them. So they're still going to yep. react. I don't think they're going to react as hard, but they're still going to react. And the numbers bear that out. Um, so I, I don't think that the answer, David, is to bench Duncan Robinson. I, I think you agree with me on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was going to ask a quick question because it seems like a lot of the frustration comes with this perception. And I think it is mostly a perception that Duncan is only able to do the one thing, right? And it's not that he can only do the one thing. It's that that's all they need him to do is the one yep. thing. That's what they're asking him to do. They're not asking him to create shot opportunities. We, I think Duncan can be a playmaker if asked to. We've seen him make some nifty passes on occasion over the past three seasons of his career. He's not as bad a defender as a lot of people think he is. He is not as problematic or as one-dimensional as a lot of people perceive him to be. And I think that's part of the issue is that you're looking at when Kyle Lowry struggles. Well, at least he takes charges. It's like, well, so does Duncan. Yeah. I mean, is that is that why Lowry gets a pass? I mean, I know Lowry has a much more accomplished career, but I, I think that Duncan is still a good enough player where you can put him into any lineup and he's still going to find a way to contribute. And it's not just if it's if his shot is falling. So I think that's kind of the problem is that Everybody's kind of bagging on Duncan right now, but there are other there's other roles and other players that are, are are should deserve some of this blame too. I don't think it just falls squarely on Robinson's shoulders here. You hit on something very important. That's kind of the next question that I want to bring up. Does Duncan okay. Robinson need to add more stuff to his game? We'll get to that next. But first, let's talk about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march into the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use that promo code 
Locked On. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, back here with Locked On Heat as we continue to grow the show into new exciting spaces online and in person doing watch parties and things like that. Uh, David and I want to hear from you, the listeners, about what you like and how we can make the show better. So if you could uh, just take a minute, fill out our listener survey. The link is in the show notes. Show notes, all you got to do is click it. Click it right now while you're listening to us. Uh, we really do appreciate all the feedback. Um, every survey counts and can help shape the future uh, of the show. Um, David, you mentioned something before we went to break there about does Duncan Robinson need to do more stuff? You mentioned the playmaking, but one thing I keep seeing is on online, I guess, is should Duncan Robinson uh, – does, does Duncan Robinson need to add – uh, a mid-range game because if the three-point shot's not falling, you, you've heard this before. Like, if that three isn't falling, get to the basket. Uh, get to that mid-range. Just get closer to the basket, I suppose, and make those shots that are, you know, tend to be easier than the shots that are further away. Do you think Duncan Robinson needs to add a mid-range game? Uh, not when you've got Kyle taking shots for the mid-range. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo all limited, basically, to the mid-range. I mean, Kyle, in theory... A, a, a three-point shooter, but he's only at 31% this year. So he's shooting significantly worse than Duncan Robinson. Nobody seems to question that. But, at uh, you know, at least Kyle is getting to the rim or at least he's attempting to get to the rim. So that's a big part of his offense. But you don't want to clutter up that floor any more than you have to. You don't want to revert Duncan uh, to a mid-range shooter. To me, I, I think if his shot's not falling, and we've seen that on occasion – Dives to the hoop, creating the offense that way, taking guys off the triple when they're kind of expecting, you know, they were closing out on him on the perimeter. That's the next level of his offense, not 15 footers. That's not what he's on the floor for. So I, I've seen the perspective. I get it. I just don't agree with it at all. I think he's going to be a three point shooter. And when he can get to the hoop, that's fine. I, I, I don't like there's just you don't want that kind of clunky offense. This isn't no. the 1980s. You don't want guys shooting 15 to 18 footers. It's just not going to work. Well, and to your point, they already got guys that do that at a really high level. Tyler Hero is making 50% plus in that mid-range. Jimmy Butler is an awesome mid-range player. When Bam Adebayo's got it going offensively like he did in the second half last night to Denver, he's doing it from the mid-range. A big part of that is because Duncan Robinson is out there spacing the floor, right? I know we could talk about the three-point shot, the percentage all along, but it helps that when he's out on the floor, maybe it's sometimes it's Max Struess, whichever right. three-point specialist is out there is out there for a reason, and it's not just to make threes. That's you know, the number one thing that they're out there to do, but it's right. in order to space the floor because of the reputation that they have for being, uh, you know, good at making threes throughout their career. Um, and then you look at Duncan Robinson and, and to your point, you like that Duncan Robinson keeper coming off the handoff with bam. You like to see that every once in a while, him attack closeouts and he does a good job of it. And you look at his shot plot this year versus last year, and it's basically the same as far as shots at the rim and shots at three point range. Duncan Robinson is an efficiency guy. You don't want everybody out here adding mid-range stuff and doing all that 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 nonsense. And, and you got to be really good at that to do that. That is a star. That is a star spot on the floor is that mid-range. Hero is a star. Jim Butler is a star. Bam Adebayo is their star. Those are their stars. They get to fool around in the mid-range. Duncan Robinson is a role player. He's a well-paid role player, but that's not a reason why he should all of a sudden be uh, you know throwing up mid-range shots that are not as efficient as the ones right. he ought to be making from three-point range. Or at the basket. So, no, I don't think that that's Duncan Robinson's game. His role is to be efficient and to help everything else 
uh, balance the floor, help balance the floor for everybody else. Our next question that I want to get to is, should Miami send Duncan Robinson to the G League? I've seen this out there. You throw him in the G League, coverages, defenses aren't as good, notoriously in the G League. You could put up points. I mean, who was it? Justin (laughs) Jackson went out uh, a month ago and and made like two billion threes in a game or something. And all of a sudden he's (laughs) like, this is the work I put in on Instagram and stuff like that. No, Justin, right. ja- I'm sure you're putting in good work, Justin Jackson, but that's also the because you're playing the Tex or you're playing for the Texas Legends, you're playing the Grand Rapids Killer Bees or whatever they're called. No, I don't. I, <laughs> the Grand it, Vipers, it, the Grand Vipers, I think, or something. Um, yeah, I think you're right. That's that's a good call by you. Um, do you think that's the answer? Do you think just send him to for a week? Absolutely not. Like, that's not going to do anything. If you can't knock down three pointers against NBA, you know, level defenses shooting him against the equivalent of a guy who just was looking to get an, an opportunity, a call up and a contract isn't going to help either. Like that's, I mean, he could go play his buddies from high school if that's the case. Like, I mean, I'm sure he's lighting them up. I mean, he can go get some run in at your local playground or something like that. I'm sure he, those threes will start to fall at some point. That's not what it is. It's going to take him feeling good about himself at the NBA level, not a demotion that if we're talking about a, a you know, a demotion to the bench being a possible confidence crusher, Hey, go to Sioux Falls where you started off. Wear those nice corn jerseys that they have somewhere in storage and see if maybe you can get it going. That's not going to help at all. What's the point of that? I, I like I I understand some frustration. This isn't Casey Opala, who's never been able to prove it at the NBA level, who needs some actual game reps. Duncan's been playing. In fact, if anything, he might be playing too much, something that I've talked about before. I think that maybe he is fatigued. I think he might be tired of trying to you know work his way past minor nagging injuries and that's the issue he might need a rest not a demotion where he has to you know go through 130 possessions per game in order to to score 30 35 points i'm sure his offense will be just fine in sioux falls i'm sure it also doesn't matter one bit and i'd like to see him scoring at his regular rate at the nba level not in sioux falls the G League is not used for people to build confidence in their skill level right. or something. It's build, build right. confidence in that knee that you just had restructured, build confidence right. coming back from an injury or something like that. But the G League is to is to develop skills, not just sort of refine your yeah, we, confidence. In we such, know what he can do. Such, right. We know exactly what Duncan Robinson can do. This is new territory for Duncan Robinson, this being in a shooting slump. This is not something he's ever dealt with and that's what kind of strikes me as interesting david is that yeah this is not a guy who's been in a slump before and has figured out a way to come out of it i mean he has never shot worse than 36.7 percent in any given month uh since he became a a, a real nba player in 2019 mm-hmm. um in october he shot 32.1 percent from three-point range in november just 33.1 percent from distance so um this is new territory for duncan and i think everybody is sort of responding it to that way with sort of a shrug and just saying just keep shooting, I guess. Right. And honestly, you know, we've just spent almost half an hour talking about it. We've spent multiple episodes in the past talking about it. I've written about it, westgoldberg.substack.com. Um, and at, it, it just sort of comes back down to like what baseball players do when they're in a hitting slump. Just keep swinging, right? right. And that's all there is to it for Duncan Robinson. I think there are ways that they can, that he'll feel more offense, create more flow for him. Um, Lowry, I think does have something, uh, there with Mimi, not forcing him, just letting it come more in the flow of the offense. But, um, this is just going to come down to one day. I don't know when it's going to be maybe tonight against the Cavaliers. I don't know, but Duncan Robinson going out there and going eight for 15 from three point range. And, uh, and, and just the slump is over that we've seen it not with Duncan, but time and time again with clay Thompson, Danny green, name your three point shooter. 
these right. things happen. And, and look, I, I also have to point out, and again, I know we've said it, we've talked about it before. The weight of the contract is such a burden, uh, not just for Duncan, which we assume like it's probably played some factors like, oh, I've got to live up to that value, et cetera. But how fans and media player and media people want to kind of put that target on his back. It's like, now you're a $90 million man. Now you've got to live up to the expectations yeah. with that contract. That's unfair. I, I think he has a role player and as the role that he provides, he's being paid a fair value. Is that, you know, kind yes, of exceedingly? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate that, that take. Uh, he's getting paid $15 million. He needs to add to his game. He should be better than that. Look at role players across the league. Look at Joe Harris. The, this is what these guys get paid now. He's not, Max money is twice what Duncan Robinson is making now. Okay. I know it's still, it sounds like a lot of money to normal people, but uh, for athletes, for guys like Duncan Robinson who are starting on an NBA team with championship aspirations, that's right. about that's about market price for a three point shooter, for a rebounder, whatever your role is. Right. Yeah. You pay. You pay exactly. There are other specialists, uh, defenders, yeah. three and D guys, etc. I, I think that get paid a lot of money for those specific roles. And considering what Duncan provides to this offense, even when that shot isn't falling, and it's just something we have to continue to reiterate. He is getting the kind of pay that he deserves. I mean, deserves or the value of, of what he provides there. So I think we need to kind of lay off that contract talk. And hopefully he's not feeling that kind of burden at all. But, but as far as the perception is concerned, he's a good role player. He's got the value of that role. Uh, I think he's being paid commensurately for what he provides for this team. All right, that'll do it for today's Locked on Heat. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on YouTube uh, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Comment and leave a five-star rating. Reach us on Twitter at Locked on Heat. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Vets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. It's free and it's available on all platforms.